0: The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. Hi, this is Pia DiRico, Principal and VP of Strategy at Alpha Investing. And you're tuned in to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. We must learn to trust the liberty of our thoughts. Our minds are conditioned to think the way that our culture suggests. If you have a thought that contradicts what's normal, do not condemn it. For it could be the thought needed to create liberation. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, go to raisemasters.com. That's raisemasters.com. On that website, you'll find that we have an upcoming webinar that will teach you three capital raising strategies for free. No, this is not some kind of watered down presentation. That's no good. These are groundbreaking. New age capital raising strategies that are meant to be learned in the order in which we give them to you. And we sincerely believe that if you take the time to learn these strategies and implement what is taught, the next 90 days of your life will be fantastic. Again, it's free. There are no tricks to this presentation, by the way. Go to raisemasters.com and register while the getting's good. This is Dream Chases. Episode 174, featuring Adam's analysis of Dr. Just Malo's book, The Rape of the Mind. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell. And I know some of you out there have maybe heard me say this before, if you haven't, here it goes, take this one to the bank. If you are a content creator, you know, if I had to go back from square one and start all over again, like if I had only one place that I could post content for now over the next say 50 years, five decades, I can't say that i you know know everything and completely see into the future but i do know there's a lot of evidence and statistics that show that youtube is not going anywhere and so this is kind of a two-part message first and foremost if you are creating any form of content you are really leaving a lot of opportunities on the table by not posting your content to youtube if you could just pick one avenue whether it's podcasting vlogging you name it i mean anything tied to video right and even beyond that it really can just be audio any way to archive your content as you make your way through this journey on youtube is only going to serve you and here's a very just quite frankly small example but it's exactly what i'm talking about once upon a time i was a very 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 avid vlogger um as i have kind of grown along in my journey. I'm in a phase right now where it's just not quite worth my time to be putting the amount of energy that I was once putting into it, into it. However, I still have a hundred something vlogs out there. And there's a book review in my vlog that I did in 2017. And it's a great book. Before I get into the details of the book and stuff, which is what you're going to get to listen to here today, I just want to say the whole point of what I'm trying to say here is that video had maybe... I don't know, over the past three years, that video might have had you know no more than 100 views. Over the past year, it has blown up. I don't know how or why, um, but it has. And so a link to it is in the description and you guys can go ahead and check that out. And along with that, this is why you want YouTube as your primary place to post content because it is the only uh, social media platform where it stays there for years and years and years and years. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, any of these other places where everyone's posting stuff, even just on the web in general, even just podcasting. Normally the older posts kind of disappear over time. You could argue that it's all evergreen, but YouTube is the only machine out there and it's the second largest search machine in the world as of 2021, 2022. Second largest search machine in the world, right behind, surprise, Google. If you're gonna post your stuff anywhere, guys, post it on YouTube, the evergreen likelihood is so much more increased by having it there, all right? So um, tried to make that short sweep to the point, got the point across, right? And so with that being said, I wanna introduce you to this book that I read in 2017 called The Rape of the Mind. Yes, quite an aggressive title. However, (laughs) it's really interesting to observe the messaging in this book and how you know the book was written in the 1960s i did this review in 2017 and if you read between the lines and what the book is talking about it's like it doesn't matter what day and age you're living in these types of operations on trying to control mass populations of people they've been going on for quite some time and um i'm still on a mission to figure out how to liberate myself and as many of my people as possible from the people that are kind of controlling the situation that we all live in right now and we're getting closer and closer every day to that ultimate stage of liberation you know it's it's a life mission quite frankly put on this planet put on this earth to deliver my people so for all you crazy anarchists non-government loving (laughs) individuals who listen to my show this one is for you so buckle up jeremy my amazing podcast producer, roll the main clip. We're gonna to listen to something that I made in 2017, guys. It's a book review on Dr. Juice Merlot's The Rape of the Mind. Get your popcorn ready. It's a good one. The growing complications of our civilization and its administration make the impact of power politics felt more now than ever before. Dr. Joost Merlot, 1956. I'm going to read that one more time. The growing complications of our civilization and administration make the impact of power politics felt more now than ever before. That was written 61 years ago. Sounds like it could have just been written yesterday. So we've been thinking this way for a while, and this comes from Dr. Joost Merlot's book, The Rape of the Mind. And this book takes a look at uh, thought control, brainwashing, and how these processes take place. So, Under the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands, Dr. Merlot was able to observe firsthand the methods of mental torture and forced interrogation described in this book. Uh, He narrowly escaped death and moved to the UK. And then after moving to the UK, he later relocated to New York and America, where he continued his teachings and his studies. He has since passed away, but this is a great book about what he observed firsthand. So let's get going. One of the first things that Dr. Merlot noticed is that individuals who are fully accustomed to a totalitarian regime, when they head out into the real world, when they embrace, have a chance to embrace freedom, they fear the freedom. They don't know how to react to all of a sudden having the world at their disposal to the point where they would rather prefer to go back and live in a world where they are controlled. So think about that. Are you in your life in any way currently living under a totalitarian regime, meaning if you were to leave a current situation that you are in to go to a new one, a much more free one, without realizing it, would you retreat back into the safety of the controlled world. That's more of a rhetorical question, but just just think about that. Pavlovian concepts are the ideas that there is a definitive difference between innate reflexes and trained reflexes. And these Pavlovian concepts are the fundamentals of a totalitarian regime. What are these Pavlovian concepts? Dr. Pavlov, who won the Nobel Peace Prize, conducted a series of studies where, um, and you've probably even heard of this before when a dog sees a piece of meat, that dog's mouth will start to naturally salivate just kind of from looking at it and getting hungry. And so what they did with the dog in this test and this Pavlovian concept experiments was every time that the dog was to come and eat, they would always ring a bell. So the dog began to associate meat with the ringing of the bell to the point where when they ring the bell, the dog's mouth will start to salivate even if the dog can't physically see the meat. And so that's something that's trained if the dog's just born and here's a bell ringing and doesn't know like, what to associate that bell with, its mouth isn't going to start going. So, that, so that's a trained reflex compared to an innate reflex and in totalitarian regimes. They love getting whoever is being controlled into a thought pattern where they think just like that dog thinks. By nature, humans have the urge to be conditioned Through the process of conditioning, people learn to like and to do what they are allowed to like and to do. And the more isolated a group is, the more strict conditioning can take place. So this is another great concept to just create awareness around and to think about for yourself in your own life. How does this relate to your life and what are you doing to create awareness that you are not being conditioned against your own will? So again, the statement goes, humans have the urge to be conditioned. Through the process of conditioning, people often learn to like and to do what they are allowed to like and to do. The more isolated a group is, the stricter the conditioning that takes place. Classical psychology spoke of the fear of death as the cause of anxieties. But as we learn more about the human mind, it's actually the fear of living that is much greater, deeper, and more frightening. We can see this clearly by how eager people are to embrace the limitations and frustrations of life that are offered to them. For example, prejudices imposed by political power. Now, the example I want to use for this one is, I, I think, pretty good. You know, first of all, people, and it's a great observation, but many, many people are afraid to live and to live is to also realize that fear is an illusion and so as the statement mentioned we are we can see this clearly by how eager people are to embrace limitations and frustrations of life that are offered to them you know you've got someone who is we'll say someone who is black is going for a job a desired position and they give it their all they do everything they can to get the job and then at the end of the day they don't get the job and they go, Oh, well, probably didn't get that job because, you know, cause I'm, cause I'm black, because I'm a minority, you know, probably that's probably why I didn't get it. Whereas now even now even today in 2017, this is the funny part. You go on the flip side and you've got someone who's white who's going for a job and they end up not getting it. And they go, Oh man, well, pfft, I mean, you know, maybe if I if I was, you know, if I was black, then I would at least get like, you know, some kind of inclusion because of, you know, diversity, you know, if I was in a minority. Meanwhile, I'm out here, you know, going and fighting against everyone else because I'm white. It's not fair. So then you got two different kinds of people thinking the same thing, limiting themselves on different sides of the spectrum. And really, everything you need is already here and the world of freedom is right before you. But so many people are afraid to embrace that abundance that they set these limitations to keep themselves chained and to keep themselves feeling more comfortable. And at the end of the day, being comfortable can be very dangerous. True loyalty is not static. It does not stand still. It grows and develops with personality. It has to be re-experienced and rediscovered every day. So, for example, if I tell you today that I trust you with everything in my life and I will remain loyal to you always and forever, as of right now, I will always be loyal to you. And then tomorrow you go and you hack my bank account. Now, as what I said yesterday, the loyalty, is that, is that still static? Yeah, I probably will uh, you know, hopefully be good. And despite being very upset, pray for you. However, that loyalty is gone. So as mentioned in the book, loyalty is not static. It changes every day. And it's something that needs to be re-experienced and reinvented every day. Only wishful thinking can permit us to believe that our own society is free from insidious influences. They exist all around us on a political and non-political level. So with this statement, I think it's very true. What I believe is, you know, even if someone does do something very evil, at the end of the day, their intentions probably were for their own good. Meaning good. So I think that everyone in the world, I mean, I think everyone has good intentions for themselves. It is whether or not they realize their good is actually good. And when they don't realize that their good might not be good, that's when the insidious things that we experience in this world, that's where, that's where that comes from. Um, so I guess you could even tie that in with, with greed. It's like a similar concept. Every culture institutionalizes certain forms of behavior that encourage certain forms of thinking, thus molding the character of its citizens. To the degree that the individual is made an object of constant mental manipulation, to the degree that schools may tend to actually weaken intellectual and spiritual strength, to the degree that culture itself produces men and women predisposed to accept certain ways of life the man who has no mind of his own can easily become a pawn so i want you to really think deeply about that statement there please actually go back if you can on this video just go back real quick quick and watch and listen to that i think it's a great call to again a great call to awareness for all of us to just think about think about our our culture, and our society, and what is it that is calling us to do what we do. For me, one way that I like to create awareness around that statement is I'm a big fan of traveling. I like to go all around the world and meet different people from different cultures and make friends from all over. And what that does is most importantly, I would say actually helps me realize just how similar we are to everyone else in the world and not think that as Americans, you know, to, it helps put into a perspective that it's not us against the world and it's not the world against us. It's just like what we are being programmed to think. So who, what kind of people resist mental oppression longer and why? You know, who are the mentally strong people in this world? You're going to use an example of a psychiatric examination of Korean War POWs. The ones that resisted the enemy propaganda most strongly were the ones with a history of rebellion against all authority parents, teachers, military superiors, friends. They were troublemakers wherever they were. So that is interesting. So let's not be so quick to. Outcast all of the rebels in this world because they have a for in general have a power deep within them that I think a lot of us can learn from um, a man with deep self knowledge too with awareness of his own inner conflicts and what the enemy was trying to do to him was also prepared to resist a similar situation, so you kind of see it as like the people who are mentally strong without realizing it tend to be rebels, and then the people who are self aware And have a developed mind are also prepared for mental struggles. And I think most of us probably think that we are the self aware and the knowledgeable person. So if that's what we think about ourselves, let's continue to think that way and build on that, okay? Time Magazine, 1955, stated an Air Force base trained its men at a school of survival, which mentally prepared them for what communist POW camps would be like to harden them for future brutality. However, such training can condition men to unwittingly exercise the same methods. So what does that mean? These military individuals were being trained to prepare them for what it could be like if they were to become prisoners of war. And by going through that process of training for that, in the back of their mind, it's also kind of teaching them how, if they want to treat the enemy POWs, A certain way they could treat them the same way that they're expected to. This is reverse psychology. So, (laughs) training them for the worst actually was also training them on how to treat someone the worst. We must learn to trust the liberty of our thoughts. Our minds are conditioned to think the way that our culture suggests. If you have a thought that contradicts what's normal, do not condemn it, for it could be the thought needed to create liberation. And I can relate to this deeply, especially on this video. You know, I thought to myself, I'm going to do a video on a book called The Rape of the Mind. It's not a light subject. (laughs) And uh, based on considerations of what's normal, I had my second guesses and my second thoughts. But I said, you know what? My first thought is my best thought. I know this. This book helped me justify that and clarify it. And so I'm making this video. And I hope the thoughts and the concepts of this book really resonate with you and give you that that call to self-action and self-education to just kind of think about everything that's going on around you and question everything and not in a negative way, in a way of just like, how can I make this world better? And how can I help bring more people to light from that type of perspective is what I would hope that you would do. So think those liberating thoughts and never condemn them. Your first thought is your best thought. That's all I have for now on The Rape of the Mind by Juice Merlot. Highly recommend, like all of my books, for you to go out and buy this and read it for yourself. However, if you don't have the time to do that, I hope that this video serves as a great source of information for you so that way you can go out into the world and tell people, yes, I have read The Rape of the Mind. This is what it's about. And just help you and everyone else that you come into contact with take their lives to the next level, that's what it's all about. Thank you, see you next video. Thank you once again for investing your most valuable resource with us here today your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please drop a five-star rating in a review below, take a screenshot of it, and send it over to nextlevel at carswell.io. We have a present for you. We really appreciate you guys leaving those reviews because it really helps with the overall SEO and visibility of the show. and allows us to continue to bring on high-quality guests. So once again, thank you, and remember, take it to the next level.